Hi, this is Ben Thompson, the author and founder of Stratechery. Welcome to the Stratechery Daily Update podcast, where I read you the daily update. You can also read the text of the daily update or find the links I reference by visiting the show notes in your podcast player. Now, here's today's daily update. This daily update about Bob Iger steps down from Disney, why now, why Bob Shapek, was published on Wednesday, February 26, 2020. Good morning. Two quick daily update podcast notes. First, the daily update email will almost always come out a couple of hours before the daily update podcast. This is because the daily update podcast is, in fact, the daily update email, just in audio form which means the daily update email has to exist for the podcast to be made. So if Shatekari MO tweets out the daily update, but you don't yet see it in your podcast player, that's why. That noted, I will try to make sure daily update interviews are released simultaneously. Second, we did have some issues yesterday with podcast players timing out while fetching the feed. This was an issue on our end and is now fixed. Thanks for your patience. On to the update. Bob Iger steps down from Disney. From the Wall Street Journal. Robert Iger stepped aside as chief executive of Walt Disney Co., though he will retain significant power over the company that he expanded into Hollywood's biggest and most powerful entertainment conglomerate over a more than 14-year tenure. Disney Tuesday named the company's head of parks and resorts, Bob Shapek, CEO effective immediately. But Mr. Iger will stay on as executive chairman, overseeing the company's creative endeavors through the end of next year when his contract expires. Mr. Shapek will report jointly to the 69-year-old Mr. Iger and to the company's board of directors, according to an amended version of his contract the company released Tuesday. The company has gotten larger and more complex, Mr. Iger said during a call with analysts. I should be spending as much time as possible on the creative side of our businesses. Mr. Shapek's experience heading key Disney units over his nearly three-decade career at the company put him ahead of other potential successors to Mr. Iger, current and former Disney executives say. He beat out internal competitors, including the executive who oversees the company's streaming service, Kevin Mayer. Though Mr. Iger had said, as recently as last year, that he planned to retire in 2021, the afternoon announcement caught company insiders by surprise, several Disney executives said. There had been no rumblings or whispers inside the Magic Kingdom that Mr. Iger and the Disney board had finally agreed on a successor. This was, without question, a massive surprise, but frankly, I think it makes all kinds of sense. During the investor conference call announcing the changes, Iger said in response to the question, why now? As you know, know, we we recently um, acquired 21st Century Fox, the closing of the deal sometime in 2019, and then we deployed our new direct-to-consumer strategy with the launch of ESPN Plus and then Disney Plus. So the company's gotten larger and the company's gotten more complex just in the recent 12 months. And uh, I felt that with the asset base in place and with our strategy essentially deployed that uh, I should be spending as much time possible on the basically the creative side of our businesses because with the asset base in place and the strategy in place, that becomes the biggest priority. Uh, and in thinking about what I want to accomplish before I leave the company at the end of 21, getting everything right creatively would be the number one, my number one goal. I could not do that if I were running the company on a day-to-day basis. 
it just obviously takes that much time and is so complex. And so the goal was for me to turn over the day-to-day management of the company to Bob with direct authority over all of our businesses and basically all elements of the, of the company and free me up just to basically focus on the creative side. It was really that simple. Back in 2015, when Iger disclosed that ESPN was losing subscribers, causing Disney's stock to plummet, I wrote, why Disney and ESPN will be okay. This was how I summarized Iger's job to date. Iger is widely considered one of the top CEOs in the world, and for good reason. Disney has enjoyed unprecedented success under his leadership, particularly in movies. Iger's first major move upon assuming the CEO role was to acquire Pixar, and he followed that up with the acquisitions of Marvel and Lucasfilm. The goal of these acquisitions was the establishment of what Iger called tentpoles, must-see movies that made money not only for the company's studio division, but also powered merchandise sales, theme park attractions, video games, televised spin-offs, etc. The entire premise of the strategy, and what makes Disney Disney, is highly differentiated content. This, I argued, was why Disney would be okay. There will be an intense competition waged by a few streaming giants, ESPN and Disney, HBO, a longtime master of differentiated content, Netflix, Amazon Prime Video, and perhaps BAM Media for consumer attention and dollars. That competition will largely work in the favor of content creators who ultimately create the differentiation that end users are willing to pay for. There is a way to escape from the commodification effect of aggregation theory, and that is through differentiation. In other words, the more things change, the more they stay the same. The five years since that earnings call have been about putting the structure in place so that Disney could, in fact, leverage that differentiation for the long run. I have covered that process over the years in articles like Disney's Choice, Disney and Fox, and Disney and the Future of TV. That process, though, is finished, at least as far as Iger is concerned. Sure, streaming has a long ways to go, but now it is a matter of execution, not strategic decision-making or deal-making. That, then, is the reason to go back to 2015 and emphasize that what ultimately matters most of all for Disney is differentiated content. Everything else is in service to said content. To that end, I am inclined to take Iger at his word. He has about 22 months left at Disney, perhaps for real this time, and he wants to spend that time focused on what ultimately matters most. Why now? That still leaves the weird mechanics of this move. Why some random Tuesday in February? I think there are three answers that can be teased out. First, why not now? Iger told investors. It was not accelerated in any partic- for any particular reason other than we felt the need was now uh, to make this change. We've been engaged as a board in a, in a really comprehensive and, and, and um, very serious succession process. And uh, we have identified Bob actually quite some time ago as a likely successor to mine. And with everything else falling in place, the time seemed right. This gives him the opportunity also to work with me uh, over the next number of months to create the smoothest possible transition so that when I leave, um, he will be familiar with all elements of the company, not just those that he's already managed, but those that he will now begin to manage in his new role. In short, if Shapek is the guy, and if Iger wants to focus on content, then there is no point in putting off the transition. Secondly, 
The closer we got to the current end of Iger's contract in 2021, the more Iger and the board would be in the middle of what would likely be a very public and time-consuming period of speculation and politicking over Iger's successor. Iger alluded to the advantages of avoiding this in the investor call. You know, why we made the decision now is essentially, I think, what you're asking first. We asked ourselves two things, how best to manage the company today and how best to manage succession and transition. And we feel that this change gives us the ability to manage the company much more effectively uh, by essentially giving Bob responsibility over the day-to-day operations and enabling me to concentrate on what's obviously very important. It also sets up, we think, a great transition process that will lead to basically Bob taking over the company fully uh, when I leave and at that point being far uh, far better versed in all of the company's businesses uh, and uh, and creative endeavors. So it just made sense. It was that simple. It's how best to manage the company and the best possible succession transition process. Third, Iger is still very much in control from a Disney SEC filing recording the change. On February 24, 2020, the Walt Disney Company, the company, appointed Robert A. Iger, previously the company's chief executive officer, as the executive chairman of the company and appointed Robert Shapek, previously the chairman, Disney Parks, Experience and Products, as the chief executive officer of the company. Mr. Iger will report exclusively to the board and remain chairman of the board. Mr. Shapek will report to the board and to Mr. Iger as the executive chairman. In connection with his appointment as executive chairman, the company and Mr. Iger entered into an amendment to Mr. Iger's employment agreement with the company, the amendment, to reflect Mr. Iger's continuing full-time employment in the position of executive chairman rather than as the chief executive officer, and to confirm that in such position he will continue to direct the company's content creation. The remaining terms and condition of his employment agreement will continue unchanged. Basically, Iger can focus on content, but still has the authority to overrule Shapek if it comes to that. Why Bob Shapek? The final question, why Bob Shapek, the relatively unknown head of Parks and Resorts, and not Kevin Mayer, the executive in charge of actually executing Disney's streaming strategy, is harder to answer, particularly given my status as an outsider. I have a few ideas, though. First, go back to the previous point. Shapek is clearly okay with Iger still being in charge and was very clear on the investor call that he saw his job as executing on Iger's overall strategy. When asked what changes he might make, Shapek answered. Okay, in terms of structural, you know, obviously it's, it's very early. Uh, um, we just had a fairly major reorganization that took place about a year ago uh, when we uh, completed the Fox acquisition and when we went into the direct-to-consumer business. So I think a lot of that heavy lifting has already been done, and now it's just going to be a question of refining that. Um, so I think that's really where we're at. And in terms of the, the second part of the question, you know, Bob's three strategic pillars are very well entrenched in this company. And uh, those have been something that's uh, served us well and 
dynamic marketplace. And I think that we're really going to stay with the, the general gist of, you know, those strategic pillars. And again, keep an eye out for a dynamic marketplace where if, if the need to change arises, you know, it's something we'll reevaluate. But frankly, uh, I think we're the envy of the industry in terms of uh, how consistent we are uh, with our strength of our pillars. And uh, I'll continue to go ahead and faithfully execute against those. It's hard to see someone like Iger not preferring someone who pledges to, quote, faithfully execute against, unquote, Iger's strategic plan. By the same token, it is understandable why Iger would rather not have the company's longtime head of strategy in charge. From Iger's perspective, the strategy is set, and he doesn't want anyone meddling with it. There are, to be sure, legitimate questions as to whether or not this is the best way to choose the CEO for a company as large as Disney. But again, at least for the next 22 months, Iger remains in charge. Secondly. It is important to keep in mind that as compelling as Disney's direct-to-consumer video businesses are, they are still a relatively small part of the company and, crucially, only make strategic sense because of the rest of the company, particularly the parts under Shapex management. I explained last year in Disney and the Future of TV. The best way to understand Disney+, Plus, which will cost only $7.99 a month, starts with a name. This is a service that is not really about television, at least not directly, but rather about Disney itself. This famous chart created by Walt Disney himself remains as pertinent as ever. See image. This is the only appropriate context in which to think about Disney+. Plus. While obviously Disney+, Plus will compete with Netflix for consumer attention, the goals of the two services are very different. For Netflix, streaming is its entire business, the sole driver of revenue and profit. Disney, meanwhile, obviously plans for Disney+, Plus to be profitable, The company projects that the service will achieve profitability in 2024, and that includes transfer payments to Disney Studios, but the larger project is Disney itself. By controlling distribution of its content and going direct to consumer, Disney can deepen its already strong connections with customers in a way that benefits all parts of the business. Movies can beget original content on Disney+, Plus, which begets new attractions at theme parks, which begets merchandising opportunities, which begets new movies all building on each other like a cinematic universe in real life. Indeed, it is a testament to just how lucrative the traditional TV model is that it took so long for Disney to shift to this approach. It is a far better fit for their business in the long run than simply spreading content around to the highest bidder. This is also why Disney is comfortable being so aggressive in price. The company could have easily tried charging $9.99 a month or Netflix's $12.99 a month. The road to profitability for Disney Plus would have surely been shorter. The outcome for Disney as a whole, though, would be worse. A higher price means fewer customers, and given the multitude of ways that Disney has to monetize customers throughout their entire lives, that would have been a poor trade-off to make. It is easy to imagine Mayer taking over Disney after having successfully launched Disney Plus, falling into the trap of letting the tail wag the dog. Disney's full potential comes not from beating Netflix, but rather from making Disney as a whole far stronger and more integrated. Shapek, with his background in not just parks and resorts, but also consumer products, is likely to be much more cognizant of the whole, even as Disney Plus gets all the attention from people like me. Third, Given how large Iger's shadow has loomed over Disney, and again will continue to loom, there is something to be said for giving a competent operator the reins. Iger has set Disney's course, and as long as the entire company rose, it shouldn't need to move the rudder, and frankly, probably couldn't without huge amounts of internal strife. That means a foreman matters more than a helmsman, at least for the next few years. 
Disney should be fine, at least until the time comes when it is time to turn. And yes, this entire paragraph is an interesting question to consider in terms of Apple. The daily update is intended for a single recipient, but occasional forwarding is totally fine. If you'd like to order multiple subscriptions for your team with a group discount, please contact me directly. Thanks for being a subscriber, and have a great day.